acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ring, 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 ring. May I please speak with Zoe? Oh, hello, Lamorne. Let's patch in Hannah. God, I forgot what it was like working with you guys. Welcome to our show. Welcome to our show. Hello and welcome to... Welcome to our show. Welcome to our show. <laughs> I'm Zoe. We have Lamorne and Hannah here and a very, very special guest, Love Raquet, one of Hello. our amazing um, writer-producers on the show, and he was there with us from day one. Day, day one. Day, day one, one. And, it, and it feels like you haven't left, Love. <laughs> feels like you never um, left. 
Well, he was like, stalking you, Lamorne. So that was that was did, that that part of his life. Have we addressed that already? I'm sorry for my tardiness. Um, we, no, I still haven't mastered fatherhood yet. So we haven't addressed anything. <laughs> oh, just you haven't? started. Um, well, I want to address two things while, while we got while we got you here. Well, there's an agenda procedure, but all right. Right, cool. <laughs> He'd like to jump right to the camera. <laughs> I, uh, I, I looked on my cameras one day, my security cameras, and uh, this is for the folks at home who don't, you know, who don't know love. Love, like most people, drops deuces oh from time God. to time. And oh I go, I check my security camera uh, one day. Um, this is a real story, and I have photos to prove it. I feel like you need so much more context. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll, we will this memento this. Really we will go, we'll go backwards to, 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 cl- to clean up the story. But I checked my security cameras. There are porta potties outside of my house. And who is standing there? Now, if I were telling this story, I would try to let the audience know that there are porta potties in front of your house and why. And, and then maybe say, like, I have security cameras pointed outside my house and yeah. low no, no, no. but that's me. You know, I yeah, Love yeah. Rock is a really good writer. We should probably listen to him. <laughs> yeah. How would he tell story the story? Telling. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's gonna tell the story in a very sitcom y way. I was gonna tell it in a very HBO way. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, you're, but anyway, you, is that well, elevating? Huh? Are you no, that's elevating? Just, no, it's just dirty. <laughs> it's, it's just got some f bombs yeah. and some, like the the like the nineties era. Of I'm gonna tell you, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna tell you what I know is that Lamorne sometimes has people who maybe rent out their house for productions. Um, next mm-hmm. door to him or across the street, neighbors. Great and that, establishing fact, I would say. Yeah, and that and that when you have a production, there's there there's lots of trucks and things, equipment that need to be brought in, mm-hmm. and um, one of those kinds of trailer trucks. Yeah, but is there's one no that, shock. There's on. no shock value. There's no shock value. <laughs> well, I might get to the shock. We need there, to build you can suspense still have shock first. Value, well, and <laughs> one of those things is a porta potty. And Love um, was working on a show. He was there um, as a writer producer, I'm assuming, and um, you know, overseeing you know all the words that people are saying. And he had to go to the bathroom. We don't know whether it was one or two. Only Love knows that. I think probably only Lamorne knows that because he has the timestamps of the of the yeah, footage. So, but yeah, love. So, yeah. What was it? Number one or number two? Uh, you know you what? You have to tell me. On a production, it also could be a third option where you're just in there hiding from responsibilities. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, need a break not, from people. Uh, <laughs> I think not you've got to have you a pretty bad set if 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 the porta potty is a step up and it's like a <laughs> refuge from uh, from the set. But uh, no, yeah. but but you know, I listen. I do apologize about dropping the bomb first before I establish the the, the setting. Yes, they were filming I mean, a TV you, show. Yes, your you crime were going is to the against bathroom. storytelling, not against me. So, it's, <laughs> oh. it's fine. but. 
but the folks out there who tuned out immediately <laughs> left knowing that one fact. You made this fact. bed, and now we all have to lie in it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I mean, we could do another intro now if you want. And we could. Just I make feel a like, hello, everyone. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to, to our show. show. Talking to uh, one of the best producer writers in this whole town. Yeah, we're talking about our conversation. Yeah, uh, new girl questions, maybe. You guys, you guys can't see this, but Love uh, is rocking the smoothest mustache that I've oh, seen yeah. him rock. It is a very smooth. This mustache. is like Bollywood hero level. Thank stash. you. Oh yeah, you're you. definitely on a Bollywood poster right now. Uh, right now, and right. with a one eyebrow up, eh. and and you're 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 showing us that you're the romantic lead. Yeah, well, you're giving me you time. Know, I think it's time. You're you know? wooing with some dances. I'm just trying to diversify the bets song. I'm putting out there in Hollywood, and <laughs> you're just throwing it out there for everybody, ain't you? Um, this is a leftover from my uh, Gomez Adams Halloween costume. Oh, it looks great. Gazal was Morticia, and I thought I would just uh, keep it going for a little while. I was yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, you you are giving me Raul Julia right Raul now. Raul Julia vibes, yeah. yeah. That's what you look like. That's what I was aiming at. Well, you, um, well, you, you, you nailed it. Thank you. You nailed it. Thank you. Um, So you were with us from pretty much the very, very beginning. As soon as there were writers hired, I heard your name from our wonderful Liz Merriweather. I remember her saying that she had gotten this amazing writer Um named Love Raquet, who had been on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, with my brother-in-law, uh, David Hornsby. A, a genius. Um, um, and um, so I was, you know, I remember being like, who is this Love Raquet? <laughs> first of all, amazing name. Yeah. And um, do you remember the first episode that you wrote? Of course. Of course. In fact, there, I think as a, as a parting gift, I have uh, two, this little painting right here, not painting, framed piece of work are two pages from that script that Liz, Brett, and Dave gave me um, mm. when, you know, it's a graduation gift. So yeah. that episode was Bells. Bells. Oh. Bells. Fantastic episode. Ensemble. Uh, <laughs> the episode I got injured on. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many. Yeah. I was like, wait, which yeah, Lamorne was always injuring himself in unconventional ways. Yeah, and that I was trying to spice things up. That was like one of those um kind of like you know, wear and tear. Yeah. Um, from from practicing bells so much, his wrist. Fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh both my wrists are still dainty, still very injured, and I would like to say that bells had something to do with it. I think you got a case. <laughs> Like a I, got a case. I think you got a case. It's time to get paid. Time to get paid. <laughs> That's just who, smart who are you going to sue? I don't know. Love. It sounds like me. <laughs> love. Love. <laughs> Your firstborn child. <laughs> you yeah, want another yeah. kid, Lamorne? <laughs> uh, sure. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. you pay you cute. pay for a kid. He's cute. Yeah, He's good. very cute. He's a cute one. Yeah. He was a shark. <laughs> Um, love, take it all the way back. So how did you connect with Liz, Brett, Dave? How did they convince you to be on a completely untested brand new show? Um, well, I mean, 
you know, there, there's just kind of the straightforward answer is, you know, these things are, you know, arranged by agents and there's like scripts that are like, they send, you know, like someone submits you and they read your script and they're like, all right, we like this guy. We like the script. Let's meet the guy. I met, uh, there was like a first meeting with one of our other producers, Pavan Shetty. Mm. Oh yeah. Pavan's awesome. Cleared that bar. Um, and then got uh, through that guy. Yeah, he tried, but he failed. Um, he couldn't sump you. He's like, "Here's a Rubik's cube. Solve it. You have five minutes." Here's the porta potty. What's yeah. it gonna be? There's a bomb. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then you know I, and then I met with Liz, Brett, and Dave. It didn't take very much convincing, and because they screen the pilot which i think is is just one of the great comedy pilots of, of the last 20 years for sure i mean years, it just kind years. of it's pretty electrifying still i think um and i've gone back to watch it every now and then it's like this is just really really good you kind of get everyone it's really funny it's about something so you know it was a one-way convincing. We were kind of like, at the end of that, we're both we're all like mutually convinced and just like enjoying each other's company. We're like, "You're great, you're great, you're great." <laughs> um, one of those types of things. And then you know the ride began. And what? And then ride? they gave you bells to ride. And then yeah, area and- of expertise. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, know, how experienced were you at playing the bells? Since we know that that you it came from experience, <laughs> <laughs> very experienced. Um, uh, from all of my church, um, you know, I the genesis of that episode was the you know that was going to be that was like our first like let's const let's let's really like do a Winston story. Um, and the kernel of that one was we want to have like a, a, a Jess thing that she's really into. And she's like, I want to invite Winston into this cause he seems interested in it, but then he like starts to dominate it. Um, and initially that was going to be, um, a, a much inferior idea. There's going to be like a, a TV discussion group that Jess was in for a fake version of Downton Abbey called Crandall Lane. And- oh my God, I remember this so <laughs> well. I remember the, the original version. Yeah. Because I like remember, a- yeah, because everyone was obsessed with Downton Abbey at that yeah. time. I know. And- I- Which I still call Downtown Abbey. <laughs> you know what Downtown Abbey? Well. I, think that, I think the moment we knew that Lamorne was going to call it Downtown Abbey, we're like, I think we should do something more visual. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I know a few Downtown Abbeys, let me tell you. I know. She's downtown and her name's Abby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like three and four downtown Abby. Yeah, I'll Abby. show you my phone. I got a whole section. It's short for yeah. Abigail, everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was... What was it called? Was Crandall Lane? Crandall Lane. There was going to be a theme song to the tune of Purple Rain. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, but yeah, then we're, I don't I don't remember where the bells detail came from. Um, 
But you know, it was somebody one of those wanted things. to injure Lamorne's wrist. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, a what's list a really of heavy instrument that you have to swing? Yeah, those things, those things look like they're ready to pop. Let's. It's kind of like a light kettlebell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you first start out, start off as an actor, and you 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 put your list of skills at the mm-hmm. bottom of your resume. <laughs> Maybe you guys saw my first resume. Handbells definitely was on there. Yeah, handbells. We're thinking. Like, what's the most humiliating, repetitive stress? <laughs> um yes and then you did this one that i just i feel like i feel like did you write like a fair number in season one i feel like you wrote like four or five is that yeah they 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 were they just kind of kept circling back to my plate um and so yeah i did i did a bunch in season one the 23rd is that correct I did not do the. Oh, 23rd. okay. But you did the you did I the think, Schmidt's birthday party though, right? Yes, the story of the fifty. Story of the fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did that one. Story of the fifty. I j- literally just watched, and it's so funny. And that, I remember it. It morphed a fair amount because oh we God. had a lot of stuff thrown at us, like um, the fog. Yes. That day. Yes. We were shooting on a mountaintop. We were supposed to be able to see all of LA. A lushly decorated mountain. We could see for miles. And and as soon as we like all truck up there with all of our trucks of various kinds, that's been discussed already. Um, <laughs> and um, we're like, God, you guys killed it. This is beautiful, beautiful location. And the set deck is stunning. And I think, I believe the theme was uh, Tuscany. Uh, that Tu- was, oh yeah, uh, that's right. Tuscany, yeah, yeah, just and then Tuscany, some uh, for you know the Jess Jess curated party yes, for Schmidt, right, right, right. Which is why the charcuterie makes sense when you hear it later, but Jesus not when Christ. you don't know. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, of course. People serve that at parties, but but it, it was like yeah. it was all themed in because Jess is you know. But then it couldn't be Tuscany because we had a thick marine layer that just rolled in at, right as we like, like started London to shoot. Fog. Yeah, like you could barely see like three feet in front of you let alone like the entire city of LA. <laughs> yes. It suddenly was like, oh, this is a student film. <laughs> was I in this episode? I did not recall this one. This you were in the episode. You... But what I just realized is Yeah, you're in I was not in sure. Bells and I was not in the story of the fifty. And I remember being so excited hearing that there was an Indian writer that had been hired for the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel yes. like every episode that you wrote, we were kept apart. He we wrote were you kept out. apart. There's too many of us by our families. <laughs> by your family. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Romeo Juliet story. <laughs> yeah, if, if, it, if it hadn't been for that, you guys might be married at this point, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> families. Families. Whatever. Yeah. And that's what everyone was talking about on set. That was the crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone built their diversity love, quota. Could barely if Hannah shoot. and Love yeah. would meet, yeah. like they would fall in love and marry. <laughs> <Sorry. but. laughs> yeah. But no, I, but I do remember sorry, being he's so on Bells, excited. So it's not going to happen. <laughs> Can't have her in it. Write her out. Yeah. Write her out. Well, maybe after Bells. No, no. Then he's going to do Story of the 50. <laughs> yeah. 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 Another area of expertise for you, writing just oh, yeah. douchebag jokes nonstop. Yeah. yeah. Is that an easy thing for you? You know, I know, you know, writing for certain characters, some of it comes from inside of you, experience, whatever the case may be. Writing for a character like Schmidt in particular Mm-hmm. probably TV's favorite douchebag of all time. <laughs> is that is that something that was easy for you? Is that something that comes from people you know? Yeah, re- real easy. 
Really? <laughs> <laughs> You're the method right now. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, I guess I'm friends with a lot of douchebags. <laughs> uh, you know, that was, that's one of those terms. I guess people just kind of say bros now, or yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they say. That type has certainly been around forever. Um, yeah, they don't go away. You think they will, and then they won't. They're just like a bad penny. Yeah, they're just like showing like, back up, like shark teeth. There's just like the old ones fall out, and the, there's just a million new ones right behind. Yeah, there's a new social climber with uh, yeah. a voc- vocabulary full of like shortened <laughs> words. Um, I think, I think honestly, like a lot of like it's always sunny type of maybe not specifically the jokes but like that aggressive point of view uh mm-hmm. will relent itself to schmidt jokes yeah and there's just like a fun like id to schmidt to you know and yeah. and then also you know max just like grabbed such a hold of that character you could it was just very clear what a schmidt joke would be yeah it's funny, I, I like I remember being there was certain I think it was like season two where I got the feeling that the writers were really tired because sometimes I would get jokes and I'd be like, This is clearly a Schmidt joke. And then I'd call <laughs> <laughs> I remember calling up Liz and being like, Um, you meant this for Schmidt, right? And she was like, Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe. And I was like, Yeah, that's a Schmidt joke. Like there would be like, it's so clear what a Schmidt joke is. Yeah, you know. You're, Liz, you're having me mispronounce potpourri. Like that <laughs> yeah. feels like a That's a Schmidt. For that those is- out there who don't know what potpourri is, it can all it can sometimes be used um as an air freshener. <laughs> yeah. In bathrooms, porta potties, things of that nature. How? What is we're this? We're just calling it back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we were speaking about I've the, never the... seen anyone put potpourri in a in a porta potty, but Really? Poopery? Have have you heard of poopery? Yeah, what? but this that's episode not is brought to you by poopery. Well, uh, this is what? an obsession. Love. It's, an it's not an obsession, love, because I you think know, we I... might have to get them to sponsor the show and just have Lamorne only do Yeah. The, the No Girl the... podcast sponsored yeah. by Glade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, there's a reason why I bring that up because you know, on that episode, uh, the twenty third, um I you had mean, a car Oh the twenty third. Oh right, the twenty third, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But love has nothing to do love with Love has nothing to do know, with that but episode. I, but, but we're gonna I, bring it back up. Okay. I can Go. tell yes, my one memory is it stirs in me. Yes, there was a memory that 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 I wanted to ask if you remember. Did you hear about this? Did, was it, did, <laughs> did it travel back to the writer's room? Well I actually I the twenty third, I believe, was season two, and I don't think I was on no, the season show. one. Season one, Christmas episode, the yeah. houses. Yeah, yeah. Candy yeah. Cane Lane. Candy Cane Lane. So and on Candy Cane Lane, Lamorne had an an, an had a, incident, a bit of an, an accident, yeah. an incident, explosive, an incident. That's why I was wondering mm. if you had heard it. But I'm glad <laughs> the writers hear, hadn't but, gone. I guess back. nobody talked. No one went. No well, one I went mean, back. I want to know now. <laughs> it's okay love can you had, honestly get off the subject bro like i mean it, i'm hearing like, explosive i'm hearing some kind of love Lamorne stop it a, drop portable <laughs> had a had a food poisoning or something zoe we've been asking you this whole episode to stop talking about porta potties <laughs> and you internal keep... <laughs> injuries 
Oh, he had no. internal injuries. <laughs> Love, I had to go really, really bad. That's all. I was just, and I, I, I thought me and you were brothers in, in that. And that I love we can't how you're asking Love, who's like not on set, <laughs> didn't write the episode of like nine years ago, you heard the story of when I had to poop bad on set. Yeah. yeah. Like this is how we're using our time. Oh, hey, yeah. I've been dying to ask you, did you hear about... When love, I love, <laughs> love, you gotta stop, man. You gotta stop. You're making me blush. Um, um, move, moving on. No, I think the, the the confidentiality of the set protected you until oh, now. Until now, now everyone knows. Yeah, and that's that's what I appreciate about New Girl. to Malmuth and he was saying how America we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness at Grand Canyon University we believe in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come find your purpose at Grand Canyon University private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. 
Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or we told him, Zoe, you told him, right? That yeah, Liz I had, had heard said- that Malmuth was like, like, really like good at um, writing jazz lines. Was there a character that you felt like you were really like that? Like, you're just like, that's like super easy for me. Like, I'm really good at writing like, you know, Winston or CC or Jess or Schmidt or Nick. Was there somebody or did you feel like you were more of like uh, all around? Uh, I think I was all, all, around. all around, all around her yeah. type. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them all. I mean, I think it's no secret that we like didn't really figure out Winston till later. <laughs> yeah. um, Interesting. So, you know, I think I think we were kind of like at we first just, you were like he's really good at stuff, and then when you we got like, to know Lamorne, and you're like, the I don't problem think so. with Winston is that he's so good at everything that it's irritating. <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> And then, then you're like, so oh, no, everything. actually, he's just a nerd who loves puzzles <laughs> and cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's what it took to, you know, you, sometimes you got to start a couple fires and see, yeah. see which one goes. And then I became your favorite to write for. That's amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, man. There's so many avenues to pursue. So Love, many- you were with us from the beginning to the end. Wait, correct? you took a break though, right? You went off and did yeah. another show for a second. You took yeah, a yeah. I took, I took, I, I didn't do season four, um, and then I wasn't a part of the last season either. And then okay. I guess also at the beginning of season two, I was a very intermittent presence. What was going on with yeah, you, man? You were on, you were on. It's so sunny too at the same yes. time, right? So because yeah. they're they were on like a different schedule because they were like a cable show. So. You you were able to do both, but um, but yeah, we we missed you a little bit in there, and then I was season a little four, in and out. Where did you go, season four? Season four, I I was uh, I'm trying to think of the most succinct way to tell this story, but basically, um, I I know where you went. We I was I had created a show with the Sunny Guys for Tracy Morgan. Oh, mm-hmm. amazing! Oh, yeah. And, um, but, but, you know, that's when his accident happened. Oh my God. So it was, you know, very, very sad. And, uh, 
just an awful accident. And then one of the less important uh, outcomes of that was, you know, that, that show was kind of put on ice for a little while. Right. Um, but then eventually resurrected under different people or different network. And it's, it's the show, the last OG, which is still on. I love that wow. show. I'm a Damn, fan. love. Love Tracy Morgan. So I, I get why you left us. And the, it's always sunny. <laughs> people are absolutely amazing. So I understand, but we missed you. I I, I came running and back. Came back. Yeah. <laughs> came back. We were like, and we came, we were like open arms. Yeah. I we're noticed like, that when you left, our ratings kept dropping. Yeah, it was <laughs> weird. Our ratings dropped and they were you like, know, we need more love. We need and, this guy who likes to write for all of them. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> This master of all of trades. Yeah. Do you have a standout episode for you that was the most challenging to write? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it was, I, I, I think it was also the best. Don't say episode. Oh, uh, tell Jess, us. Jess and Julia. Oh, oh, I love that episode. That one was. I can't wait to talk about that episode. Let's talk about it. I mean, that okay. was. <clears throat> that, that was inspired by like real stuff that was going on at the time yes we um, were kind of go ahead sorry no no you go ahead you go ahead because i want to hear from your well i mean you know the the show was a big breakout hit uh but there was like a lot of conversation about like where w what the jess character meant for feminism and so, um, you know, like we usually, I think it's best practices to not read too much about like what people are saying about a show, but it was kind of unignorable. And we were like, let's take this head on. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, I think. A lot you know, of the criticism was like ended up kind of being directed at m me personally, Zoe, uh, you know, uh, and, and it was kind of interesting because I think it, it actually that episode allowed like us as a show to make a, a very good point, which is something I've kind of like always been saying is like, why do you care what I like? You know, like, why do you care if I like, you yes. know, to craft no. or, you know, that I like things that are traditionally associated like with, you know, like I'm not saying that girls should like pink and purple and sparkles, but just cause I like something like that means nothing in terms of like, you know, you know who I am, you know, as it, you know, it doesn't mean that I can't be a feminist. Why, why totally, can't I like, be strong and like those things? Just like, this is the, I like a rock. I rock a lot of polka dots, right? Yes, exactly. Was given. And, yeah. and I loved how you guys tackled it because it was, it was, it kind of, cause the Julia character is a great character and she's totally cool and awesome. And then, you know, the fact that Julia kind of misunderstands Jess and that Jess has the opportunity to, in a very like articulate way, say, you know, her piece. I I thought that was just such a great, and it was such a great way that it was, you know, done too. It was just, I yeah. And if you recall, episode. I mean, that was an episode that I co-wrote with Liz. Yes, um, and Liz and was very fired up about yes. about the whole thing, which was fantastic. And I honestly, I think like. 
what you're talking about is definitely one of the core elements of the episode. But I think the reason that it landed is that it was in this story that was, it was really like, you know, you always want a, a show. It's great for a sh- You don't have to have it, but it's great for a show to have some kind of thesis statement of like, here's what I, here's what I see in the world. This is so, you know, Liz's thesis statement with new girl was always about like, here's how I see modern gender roles. Um, And I think what was really cool about that episode was that like that conversation about feminism was a part of a story where, um, the characters were all kind of posturing and dealing with like the demands of traditional general gender roles um, and struggling with that. So Julia, yeah. who uh, was, you know, a lawyer and kind of thought of herself as a played certain by Lizzie kind, Kaplan. played brilliantly the, the, the by Lizzie Kaplan, Lizzie Kaplan, uh, you know, was in addition to kind of, um, having a judgment about a certain style of, you know, clothing or presentation or whatever, ha- also had a, like a kind of a spillover judgment that she hadn't thought about, about emotionality. And so she was yeah. very guarded and she was like, you know, like Nick, you know, Nick says to Jess, um, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't do the labels thing. And just kind of with her emotional intelligence can see through that. And then turns out to be right. Um, especially right. when, anyway, I feel like I'm getting like a little. No, no, get in, get in. I, I want to hear this. Uh, no, no, no. It's so good. Yeah. Cause I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jess and Julia had, if you, if you watch it again, it's like the characters all have like the scope of the episode. I can't believe it was all, like jammed into one episode. It feels like a movie. Cause yeah. Lamorne, well, that was like your, I believe that was your Shelby episode. Oh, I believe that was the beginning of that. Was it really? I the, think so. The, the Shelby, Callie Hawk. Callie Hawk. Uh, wonderful Callie Hawk. Yeah. This is where this was like, you know, Winston was like, you know, too cocky with her and, mm. and has to kind of, be brought down a peg um, oh. but i but i think that was the same episode which is kind of like that's a lot of story to, a lot in in 21 minutes 35 <laughs> seconds is that also the ribbon hat episode yeah 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 that's oh like yeah that, yeah that yeah exactly of having your girls exactly. back well that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of like i think what was really like the legs on that episode that you know like Julia was like a, a a a kind of person who was kind of you know suspicious of a certain way of carrying herself as a woman but also had these liabilities and kind of you know she didn't have female friendships and maybe had you know some suspicion about that and it was great that Jess like not only in a you know could we could like show her having great female friendships you know supportive and kind of really engaging with each other. And that was like enticing and inviting to Julian. Like the best, best moment for me for that episode is after like the big confrontation between Jess and Julia at the courthouse that Julia comes to apologize to Jess um, 
and then sees that she's with her girlfriends and feels like, oh, that might be like hostile energy. Mm. And then Jess is like, no, come in. And I was like, that yeah. was that. And that was written by Kim Rosenstock, that scene. Um, and it was great. Yeah. yeah. Kim Rosenstock, mm. great. Another great writer that we yeah. had on, on the show. Um, yeah, I, I, I really love that episode. What a, what a definitely mini movie there there are a lot of episodes on new girl that i would call like mini movies um and that is definitely one of them (laughs) well you know i also think that like we i think you know in the initial sort of like ah what are we doing we're where I think, you know, we kind of everyone burned themselves out running at that high gear for so long. Mm -hmm. But you kind of make some unconventional choices that that do that are that expect more of the audience. Like if you talk about like the introduction of the Julia character, she was introduced in a way that we never would have done in latter seasons. You you just kind of drop the audience into the fact that like Nick has been dating someone and has not brought her around. And that's the first that's the first that the audience even hears about her. I thought I'd missed a scene. Like I thought I'd missed a scene when I I watched that episode. I I like the way it happened. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, oh, they have this thing established. And also, I think I think Jake already knew Lizzie. So they kind of had a rapport that felt familiar anyway, you know, maybe they'd work together. Or they, you know, just knew each other. And, and so like, I felt like that the scene, the first scene you see them uh, together in the, in the story of the 50, um, they, you know, they, they feel like they, they, their people have been on a few dates and they're, they have a rapport. And I think what was also great about that drop in too, um, was that it made you feel like how, Winston and Jess and everybody else must have felt, which is like, wait a minute, I know these people intimately. I watch this show, I know these characters, and like, who's that? Yeah. Right? And you got to totally. have the same feeling as the other characters when they're just like, why aren't you bringing her around? You embarrassed about us? Like, why didn't I know about this, Nick? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Very much But, so. but it's no also, feeling. I think it's more real for the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, like, look, like there is a presentational style to. TV and especially half hour TV and you're kind of like, you know, that sort of stuff is rare on network sitcoms, but you know, that was such a different era 10 years ago, you know? Um, And I think some of the audience was there for it of like, yeah, we're like willing to be a little more immersed and we appreciate it when the story is like, giving me credit and trying to feel real instead of just being like, Hey, here's the information you need to understand the episode. Ready? Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I prefer to see, you know, even in a sitcom, you have to like, you know, lay out some exposition, but the, the, the more creative you can be in giving the exposition, it, the better and and also the less the better and i i definitely think there there was a real effort made to kind of avoid like those like very conventional ways of like giving people details yeah. <laughs> backstory right like a powerpoint yeah speaking of, 
Speaking of non-conventional uh, ways to tell stories, you're working on a, a show now uh, called Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, love Dave. Yeah, love great show. Dave. Great show. Thanks, guys. That is that is a pretty if you guys cool don't already show. watch it, do yourself a favor. Run, yeah. don't walk. Don't. I mean, well, you don't have to run. You yeah, can probably like, that can Just get click, pretty dangerous. Click. You can make it run to you. Yeah. Make it run to you. <laughs> I mean, it's streaming everywhere. Fast fingers on the remote. <laughs> you stream it. Stream it. Get use those. The, Get on those, the stream. Yeah. Use those Nintendo fingers. Does Nintendo <laughs> still exist? Can we just talk about this for one second? Because it was the way you knew you're on a huge soundstage. There's so many people, so many corners, but you always knew if love was on set. Because he's got the most easily identifiable laugh yeah. you've ever heard. And you would always hear it. And for me, it was always like the best feeling because you're like, oh, love's here. <laughs> it's a jolly and delightful laugh. Or yeah, if is. the lights are off and you're watching one of those uh, conjuring type films, it could also be considered a scary oh, laugh. Sleep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, Dave. We're I, talking I, about Dave. I ruined a lot of takes with that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it cannot be muffled. Yeah. I gotta say, like, I loved it when takes were ruined because of laughing. Because I'm like, this means we got something going on here, you know. <laughs> I Absolutely. remember the first season seeing the boom shaking and looking over, and our <laughs> boom operator was laughing so hard they could barely keep the boom still. Um, well, let's 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 yeah, let's talk about Dave for a second. Yeah, let's talk about Dave. We we love this I'd show. Love to talk about Dave. How did you find your way to yeah. Dave? You know, it's the same old, same old boring story. Um, that you know, my agent was like, "Do you know about Lil Dicky?" And I was like, "I know. I'm old now." Uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Let me, let me tell you." Um, and you know, um. Dave Bird, a.k.a. Lil Dicky, has been kind of making videos, like, just these insanely viral, super funny, but, like, great music, also videos for uh, several years. And and so it's like, wow, yeah, I definitely got to meet this guy. And so, you know, we started making the show, and I think the, the big surprise on Dave was just, like, the level of emotionality. I mean, I, you know, you just mm-hmm. first season of the show, you just really, you have a pilot, you know, which tells you a lot, but, it, but then you have a lot to figure out. Um, and you don't always know, like, you know, whenever, I mean, you guys all know this, like, you know, when you like go to pitch a show, you like pretend like you like have the whole, thing yeah. mapped out and you're like, you're like i've got it but i'm not gonna tell yeah. you yet here's what's gonna happen yeah episode we know. four is yeah. gonna end on and then you know everyone talks about like when your show actually if you you know i don't even know if they make pilots these days or it's just straight to series which seems even more daunting but then you're like all right i have to actually do this now um and you don't know you have to you have to feel it out um oh. Always and, straight to series with me. <laughs> always straight, yeah. yeah always, with Lamorne, it's different than the rest green of the Green light. House. Well, yeah. That, yeah, green light. Green light Morris. Yeah. Uh, That's what they call him. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for saying that means a lot, guys. That means a lot to me. They um, just have a bank account ready that's just full of money yeah. for Lamorne. Should we break and it? And he can yeah. just... Real yeah. gold. Real gold. Yeah, real gold. What is that? 
It's full. It's actually full. It's not a bank account. It's like <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. Lamorne's <laughs> holding up gold coin uh, swimming pool. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Lamorne is holding uh, an award. I don't know what it is, but it, yeah. it's definitely award? real what gold. Is it? It's the Rose d'Or Award for comedy. Give oh, for why. comedy. Oh. For unintentional comedy. <laughs> <laughs> for for woke. For <laughs> um, which is also on Hulu with also, Dave. Now back to yeah, your guys. Get, get, your Hulu. Hulu, get your Hulu subscriptions. Get it going. Get it, in get it in order, guys. Don't let that lapse. Make sure don't let it lapse. Make sure it's up to date so you can watch all of Woke and all of Dave, because mm-hmm. there's some people who are talented behind these shows. I have to just share with you, love, because I don't know if we've ever talked about it since it happened. One of my favorite love moments on set also goes to show why representation matters on set. (laughs) But they were um, we were shooting the episode where Schmidt has broken his penis Mm. and he's coming to meet my grandmother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we were just like hanging out at Video Village, kicking it. And we're like, who did you get to play with the grandmother? And they were sort of like, we're still looking, we're still looking. Anyway, and I'll never forget, it was, I think it was Liz sitting there with a bunch of people. Do you remember this? And they were like, oh, yeah, we we just found someone. Um, she's super great. She's going to be great. Uh, she's flying out here from New York. Her name is Mad Matter. Mad, and both you and I in unison went, you're not going to say Mother Joffrey, are you? There's no way you can't have Mother Joffrey. And we both had these meltdowns and had to like (laughs) fully deep dive into what in like a legend of a woman she is. And I remember like being emotional and like I could not believe that she was going to come and play this role. Liz, this woman is going to have a masterclass in six years about Indian cooking. You don't understand. Like She's the queen. She's our Julia Child. I was like, what is happening? And then it dawned on me, and I remember looking at you as like, I'm going to meet this woman that I have known and loved my whole life from afar, and I have to sit at a table with her and talk about a broken dick. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's the thing. There's always a catch. You know what I mean? There's always a catch. The universe, It's like a deal with the devil. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, like they're like, we're going to get your hero here. Yes. And, you know, yeah, you can ask her questions about, you know, whatever you want. But, you, but once the camera's rolling, you're going to have to talk to her about a broken dick. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I remember feeling so, you know, when you're like in, and out of your body at the same time. Like I was in the scene, but I'm also like, here I am sitting with Mother Joffrey. This is amazing. Yeah, sure. I don't and believe this. I don't believe, I don't believe this. It. Like, they're making me do it. <laughs> and I remember, I guess that's where Schmidt's character learns that um, being emotional like turns him on, and it's very painful because <laughs> he's in a cast. So we had to make these noises of excruciating pain of realizing he was in love. And it's Max. And I'll never forget. I was so in and out of the scene. I'm looking at her and I have this insane wildebeest next to me making these crazy sounds in front of this woman that I'm trying to be respectful within our culture, especially to be like, she's this woman. I just want to, you know, I'm trying to like hold myself to this high regard. Anyway, it was one of those. I remember laughing so hard because I was so uncomfortable and nervous and he was so funny (laughs) 
that I cried all my makeup off, all my lashes off. I crawled under the table to try to compose myself during the scene. And I Do was you guys like, want to give a like... quick bio of Mother Joffrey just so that everybody, <laughs> yeah, to enlighten I mean, anybody who doesn't know her, her, she's a legend. She's a legend. She's double, double threat. I'm sure she has many other threats, but she's at like a world class level with two things. She's mm-hmm. an actor, but as Hannah was saying, she's also like the Julia Child of Indian cooking. Especially, it's like kind of most recognizable ambassador to the Western world. So mm-hmm. you know, even like the certainly the I don't know when when she started, but certainly like in as early as the eighties was kind of like here's Indian cooking, and I want to bring it to to the West. Mm-hmm. And, and an iconic like, film star. I mean, she's just absolutely she's incredible, and her daughter. Sakina Jeffrey is also this incredible actress. And there wasn't, you know, there's not a lot of us out there that were kind of breaking through. I mean, there's a lot of us out there, but <laughs> just not a lot the of us. The breaking through part. Breaking the breaking through. through. <laughs> um, but it was a huge moment. And I just remember you and I locking eyes and like you getting it. And then that it was just like a really great moment for me. Well, like I, I don't know if you remember, but my parents were there for that scene. They had, they had come to visit. Oh my gosh! And so, oh, they so like, excited. They were so excited, but but, they, broken but this dick. exact same and like the exact same feelings you're talking dilemma. about. I was like, <laughs> you know how I pay my bills? Like <laughs> this is. Let me <laughs> let me let me set the scene for you. So uh, what do you need to know in order to um, understand this scene? Uh, um. His dick broke. He uh, broke his dick from <laughs> violent sex. Uh, and, um, I mean, you guys are familiar with this, right? Yeah. Um, this is a thing, right? This is a thing. Everybody knows about this. And he's going to get a huge erection in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, it's covered down. by yeah. a cat. He's going to make a lot of noises. <laughs> <laughs> and the noises are going to interrupt um, <laughs> a, a lovely scene. <laughs> yeah. That was where uh, my parents, like, as soon as, as soon as they started shooting, they both were like, did their personalities like so perfectly to a T. My mom was like, immediately starts pitching lines. And it's like, what if like <laughs> Schmidt said like this? And then my dad <laughs> shushes her and <laughs> demonstrates like, a knowledge of coverage that I had no idea he knew. He was like, it's not Sissy's turn right now. It's not Schmidt's turn right now. It's Sissy's turn. The camera will be on Schmidt later. <laughs> and, Kim, and, then, and then Kim Rosenstock was there who had just started, like, you know, was still pretty early in her. And she was like, oh, like, that's coverage. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> that's amazing. Writer, director's uh, in your blood. Yeah. I was typing in uh, Mother Joffrey because I was going to give a profound explanation of who she was. However, there's I'm, too much. Yeah. I'm, well, <laughs> well I miss too long. <laughs> well, yeah. I misspelled her name and then uh, oh, Cersei gosh. Lannister came up, uh, Mother and of Joffrey. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and then you went down a, 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 a Wikipedia hole while we were all talking. Yes. 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 Like, oh, I forgot about him, yeah. Joffrey. Like, she so, like, was Game of Thrones too? Damn, yeah. that's crazy. Like, wow. So the dragons. The ending. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, my I, bad. I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, so you know, I'm glad you uh, brought that up. <laughs> mother of Joffrey. Yes. Oh, yes, so yes, yes. Oh my goodness. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our show. Speaking of unruly children, love, since you were there from day one almost to the very end. Uh-oh, who's this about? <laughs> No, just the evolution of the show. I mean, very few people get to sit on something for, you know, years and years and years and watch this show kind of grow. Um, I don't know. Talk to us a little bit about that. Just a little bit about watching the show, the story, the characters. Yeah. Um, You always have like a couple of engines in the show that, I mean, that's like a clinical way of talking about it, but like a basic tension you know, um, and I think with our show and other kind of friend type shows, like one of them is just like, what, you know, like how, you know, are, how are, where are these characters going to end up and how are they going to kind of transition? How are they going to make the transition from like friend life to family life is kind of like the basic yeah journey mm-hmm. and certainly is the journey that we took our characters on. Um, so that was like really gratifying. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think like between us and like, I don't know, like Brooklyn nine, nine, I don't know if we're going to see any more like 22 episode shows go for that long. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I think that there's something that's like, very immersive about it at, you know, again, I, I always like reach for these like Ted talk type words. And all I mean <laughs> is that like, you know, the audience has really like loves the characters and feels like they know them and, and they're, they're real and you have just spent so much time with them. So you can kind of, you just get really invested in that journey. And then you have like, a couple of little signposts along the way. Like I thought Max made a really great point when, um, so in the, it was like kind of a last second idea it for, for the Schmidt and CC wedding that the douchebag jar be broken 
uh, f- during the wedding ceremony. Oh, and yes. mm-hmm. um, and he was like, in a way that I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Max if he's so surprised at such a pointed observation from him. It was just like, <laughs> it's the strength of the observation. He was just like, well, this is the end of the Schmidt character story. Like that was like, you know, the douchebag jar is like what you see in the pilot. Like this Mm -hmm. is this character's issue. He like has a a heart of gold, but, you know, for whatever reasons and, you know, his own journey that he's been on can't control it. And when he finally conquers that, like that's the end of his story. Um, And, you know, I mean, I think that there's still there was still a little bit more story to be told for Schmidt, but that's also true. Like that was like the, you know, the main journey that that character was on. And when you end that, you end that, that journey and, you know, you you try to come up with other ones. Um, And, you know, there've been like overlapping ones and his story with his own family obviously is a source of, of that as well. But I just, I was just really, impressed uh and and just kind of dumbstruck by by that observation it's really true so it was like great to see and then you know like with with jess i i I would be curious to know how you feel about this zoe um of like jess's career stories Mm -hmm. I, i i feel like that that would be one that I kind of want back a little bit because mm-hmm. I think we fell prey to this like very American idea of like, Oh, you got to climb the ladder. And somehow that resulted in like, just like wanting to be an administrator and right. was a little bit like you, I thought we kind of like got up a tree on that. Cause it's like, is that that exciting? Like, you know, visually comedically, um, I don't know. What do you think about that? That's interesting. I hadn't actually thought of I hadn't actually thought of it that way. I mean, I I felt it more as a comment on Jess still trying to find herself in in a professional setting that like that she's kind of constantly searching. She's like like a middle school teacher, then she teaches adults and then she's, you know, administrator and she kind of like switches around a lot. Um I kind of took it more from that perspective. And then mm-hmm. I did like the contrast, you know, because um, Jess is such a teacher. Um, and then, you know, um, I I did like the contrast of her kind of being a little out of place as a principal mm-hmm. um, that that she's kind of like a kid in a lot of ways. And and what happens when you have this character that's kind of a, you know, a bit, you know, is very young at heart, and then they're having to do a very grown up job. Yeah, no, um, that's true. That's true. But you know, I, 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 I could see that. Um, but, but from my perspective, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. I, I thought it was just like you know, those, those shifts, you know, where she's looking for a job, like those, those kind of, those kind of moments you know, or those kind of like arcs were really great and, um, you know, kind of created a lot of good episodes too, just like where she's just in between jobs and 
totally. Totally. And I think like, you know, the show obviously is tethered to the idea of like, is, is just going to find happiness, you know? Um, And so that's definitely like, you know, like finding that satisfaction in that part of your life is part of it. Um, But, you know, that was fun to tell like a sprawling story uh, about, you know, where you just spend so much years with this character and (laughs) like, and, you know, get to that happy ending. And then I think with, you know, like, I think, I think with, I think that was kind of ultimately the, I don't know, that's kind of like ultimately the journey for all the characters and probably for like every character ever, especially like (laughs) in half hour TV. And it's like something that's like, you know, when you like, when you try to pitch it, they're like, what's the exciting, crazy thing that, that it's about? And it's like, I can kind of do that like song and dance of like, yeah, it's about this. And, and definitely like this show was like through, through Liz's lens. And that's what was like exciting and interesting about it. But ultimately the concept of what the characters are are pursuing is, I mean, it's universal, but it sounds banal to say they're pursuing happiness, but you know, like the, it's, it's in the specifics of the execution and like our, like, you know, you're going to blush, but like our absolutely brilliant cast, like just bringing these characters to life um, and in like such specific ways. And like, that's what you're going for. And, and our amazing writers. Well, there were a lot. So, uh, you know, they can't all be great. but, uh, but, um, you know, it's like, it when you say it on paper, it sounds so stupid and obvious. Um, but sometimes that's life. It's interesting too. I feel like because well we did said. it for Thank so you, long. <laughs> Very kind words. <laughs> There's something too I felt at least was that because we had so much time with the characters, and you know all the writers were in the same age group ish as the cast was and the producers and again, we spent so much time together that it was everybody kind of went from like dating and then having families and organically as was happening on the show was also happening in our real lives. And there was that really like those nice moments. That and the, and then there was Finkel and Bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of art imitating life. And that must have felt cool to us as a writer to be like, oh, I can naturally and authentically write about this. Yeah, and Finkel and Bear are like, we've been waiting. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody have a baby on this show. Um, wait, I, so, Lamorne, do you want to set up our, our last question that we ask? Yes, uh, indeed, I do. Um, so, love, this is a, a little segment of our show, which we call uh, Nick's Box. Um, um, and this is the part of the show where we crawl into the back of Nick's closet and pull out memories that the cast and crew of New Girl have kept hidden for years. Mm. So, love, Rake, what's your favorite memory from your time working on New Girl? And please do not say the time that I had the bubble guts in... (laughs) 
the we don't remember. Episode. We he don't remember that. He doesn't even know about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think swear he knew about it. I swear I, he does. I think the thing that I have already said on the record is is not even a memory of mine could not be my favorite memory. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, there's just so much. Um, you know, I mean, New Girl is like working on the show was such an all-encompassing thing um you know you like that's you know like some of my closest friends are you know the writers on that show to this day um so it's like there's like life memories there's like professional memories and like you know like there was like and there's like there's memories of like insane hardship like that like the jess and julia episode which I think is like our best episode. I had to stay at the office from like Monday morning to Wednesday afternoon. I literally did not go home <laughs> for 48 oh, hours. My God. Um, and at one point, like, was that the week before was that after table read and then, or was that dirt while we were shooting it? No, that was, that was the table week. So like yeah. it was, you was know, the table, the table it, read yeah. was Tuesday and, you know, we had to push the table to Wednesday, but like, you know, we were like, I remember like Monday night, like, you know, Finkel and Bear and Liz had already been habitually sleeping at the office. Yeah, we had some very hardworking writers who were <laughs> who were sleeping in the office because they were too tired to drive home. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, especially now with the way that people are talking about, you know, what level of hard work is required to make TV. It, mm -hmm. it looks a lot different, but, you know, it's just like you have this like sense of mission. And so literally like that Monday night, I was like, well, I like, I don't know. It was the Tuesday where, you know, we had kind of like finally assembled, like, you know, Liz sent in like her part of the story and we like put the whole thing together and there was like a little bit of time off. Um, but it was like from like 5 PM to 8 PM and we're right. like at the Fox lot and I like live <laughs> like on the break. East side. So it's like, I can't, I would love to go home and take a shower. <laughs> um, but I can't. So I guess I will just take a shower at the Fox gym and go to the gap at the century city mall and like buy new underwear and socks. And like, as I was heading and like, out, get a burrito. <laughs> as I was heading out, I was like, does anyone want anything from the gap? And Finkel was like, can you get me some jeans? I was like, <laughs> I, that was a fake <laughs> offer. I don't like jeans. Really, a light like purchase. Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought maybe Boot some cut. socks, but I, <laughs> it's really hard to buy you jeans. All right, what, what, what's your size? Yeah, and so I, I bought Finkel some jeans at the Gap uh, with my time off. So that was a memory. Um, I know. just feel like I just feel like on that break, the errands, the the clothes shopping, you could have went home. Could have gone. You could have gone. Then you're home. just like, in the car. Then that's just, the thing I about LA. You barely make it back on time. You go there, have a glass of water, turn back in the car. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. Well, the man well. needed some fresh onions. I would have, well, more, I would have done it if I could. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like, uh, let me not like look at that option carefully. I was like, I'm 
hoping that it, there's a way that it makes sense. And I was like, it, it just doesn't. Um, but you know, there were, there were, you know, the table read that I really loved was a uh, parking spot. Oh, that um, was a good episode. That was really, really fun. And it also was like, you know, when, so you have these bullets, like the douchebag jar, you have all of this romantic tension between Nick and Jess. And when you, and you want to fire those bullets carefully, but you got to fire them at some point. So we fired that one. And then you're nervous because you're like, what, like, what do we have when we don't have that tension anymore? So it was like really gratifying that, you know, that that episode was clicking. Um, and that was another one that we kind of like wrote by the seat of our pants. And then there were other, like, you know, when I wasn't there for the last season, I thought that I, I was like, I just love the show. I love the show. finale so much. And it was like Aww. watching it as like an audience member. And it was so perfect. I mean, I just, I, I just really, it was like, you know, like to take like the true American motif and like translate that into like all these characters, like having a family life, still all being together. What more do you want? Oh my God. Yeah. What a perfect ending to this episode. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Look at you. You're a joy and a delight. As are you all. We miss you. And a love. And a love. And a dad. Will I be seeing Uh, you near my home? Yeah, are you gonna hang out in the porta potty outside? Circle Lamorne's it home? back, Lamorne. Circle it back. That 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 house that we shot in was where we had so many COVID shutdowns this fall, and oh, wow. we had we. So we will never, never go back to that house. It's got COVID. It's it's um it's like a a, a hazmat situation. Oh yeah, yeah. very filthy <laughs> house. Yeah, as a shooting in a crack They've house. Come on, man. <laughs> Bill, get your budget higher. Yeah. Um, for the record, Lamorne lives in a very nice home. Yeah. I, I yeah, but the house across the street, not so much. No, <laughs> yeah, we weren't shooting Stay on Lam- this, yeah, side. Yeah. this side. Lamorne's got a, a a nice amount of curb space, so we can park all sorts of porta potties <laughs> right in front of his house. Front of his house, yeah. And the he bad- has all sorts of cameras to watch you. <laughs> the bad part about this whole scenario is we can just drop it because you guys keep talking about it, and it's, honestly, it's annoying. And it's stupid. <laughs> But they bring it. They bring these pamp, these like uh, forms to fill out, and you know, and say, "Hey, can we shoot in front of your house?" And I'm thinking, okay, I have a nice house. Uh, yeah, you guys can use my like that part if you want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for any money. Great. And some neighbors ask for money. I said, no, it's just fine. Just shoot your show. And you put the goddamn porta potties in front of my house. I was so offended and upset. You got to teach I- people how to treat you, Lamore. I know. She said, I want 25 buckaroos. <laughs> yeah. Then they would have been like, don't cash mess with that money. guy. Yeah. <laughs> cash. Um, cash money. Love, we love you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing you, all love. your incredible memories. That was so fun. Was. What a stroll so down fun. Crandall Lane. You're the best. <laughs> stroll down Crandall Lane. <laughs> yes. You're the best, Lane. man. You're the best. Please come back another time. Yeah, we can talk some more and yeah. more specifics about more. some of the episodes that to. you yeah. wrote. All right, cool. man. All right. Thanks, love. You've been listening to Welcome to Our Show, a New Girl Recap podcast. Welcome to Our Show is a production of iHeartRadio, hosted by Zoe Deschanel, Lamorne Morris, and Hannah Simone. Our executive producer is Joelle Monique. 
our engineer and editor is Daniel Goodman. The Welcome to Our Show theme song was written by Zoe Deschanel, performed and produced by Zoe Deschanel and Pierre DeReader. Follow us on Instagram at Welcome to Our Show Pod. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, you can email us at Welcome to Our Show Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share far and wide. Thanks for listening. We'll hear you next week. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the my cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elliot connie Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.